Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. It's time to play the music. This is why we don't go into tapes. And it's time to raise the curtain. Nobody gets killed in a musical, except Oklahoma and Carousel and South Pacific. Oh, hello, West Side Story. That's all the musicals. I'm Jared Hall from Entertainment Weekly, and here's what to watch this weekend, Friday, July 16th through Sunday, July 18th. We're counting down the weekend's top five must-see picks from TV and movies. But first, your entertainment headlines. Never Have I Ever loves a good narrator. The series surprised fans when it premiered with tennis legend John McEnroe as Davies' inner voice, and Ben's season one standalone episode featured none other than Andy Samberg. And now, with the release of Never Have I Ever's second season, the series has chosen model Gigi Hadid to narrate for Paxton. The reveal comes after Chrissy Teigen, who was originally set to voice the Paxton-centric episode, stepped aside in June after coming under fire in May when Courtney Stodden claimed Teigen had reportedly harassed them online years earlier. NBC has backed off a decision to launch another Law & Order series as part of its fall schedule. EW has confirmed that Law & Order for the Defense, which was supposed to take an unflinching look inside a criminal defense firm, will not be moving forward. The drama was to be overseen by former CSI showrunner Carol Mendelson, but Law & Order honcho Dick Wolf reportedly didn't like the way things were progressing. The series had yet to be cast. For more on those stories, plus other news, reviews, interviews, and more, head on over to EW.com. Now, we're making it fashion with our number five pick for this weekend, Amazon's Making the Cut. Heidi and Tim are back for another round of the fashion competition as 10 entrepreneurs and designers from around the world battle it out to take their emerging brands to the next level. Against the backdrop of Los Angeles's diverse fashion scene, they'll compete to become the next global phenomenon, with the winner receiving $1 million, a mentorship with Amazon Fashion, and the chance to create an exclusive line for Amazon. The series also evolved over the course of quarantine, with the new season acknowledging that the contenders are fighting for a chance in an industry in flux. Here's a preview. Let's start the fashion show. Hey, that's my line. <laughs> Let's start the fashion show. Welcome to Los Angeles and to Making the Cut. We're so excited to be back. Our mission remains the same. We're here to find the next great global fashion brand. We scoured the globe and found 10 fashion designers with existing brands. And we have some extraordinary judges here to help us this season. I don't have to love what you create but make me feel something. You take these garments and you show us who you are. This competition is gonna change the face of my business. It's gonna change my life. That's Winnie Harlow and Jeremy Scott joining as judges this season. The knives, or scissors, are gonna be out. The first two episodes of Making the Cut season two are streaming on Amazon Prime Video right now. 
fashion not your thing? Well, our number four pick goes out to all the music nerds out there. Hulu's new docuseries, McCartney 321, sees Paul McCartney sit down for a rare in-depth one-on-one with legendary producer Rick Rubin. Over six episodes, they'll discuss McCartney's groundbreaking work with the Beatles, the 70s arena rock of Wings, and his 50 years and counting as a solo artist. In an intimate conversation about the songwriting, influences, and personal relationships that inform McCartney's iconic songs. Here's a preview. When could you look back and realize what we did back then was really special? I clearly remember when Ringo kicked in. It was like, wow. He's really good. I can tell you, but I know it's mine. Oh, I get by with a little help from my friend. A good little song. I brought in the chords, and then George Martin said, it'd be nice if we could have a little intro. And Harrison just went, do, 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 do. Yeah, he was good, you know. What you got now? Got this one. This is why we don't go into tapes. Rick Rubin and Paul McCartney digging into old Beatles recordings together sounds like some kind of classic rock nirvana. You can tune into all six episodes of McCartney 321 on Hulu right now. It's trivia time. You may know Paul McCartney's music, but do you know the answer to this trivia question about the former Beatle? What was the first instrument McCartney ever learned to play? The drums, the trumpet, or the oboe? Stick around for the answer. Now let's serve up our number three pick, the new Netflix docuseries Naomi Osaka. Directed by Garrett Bradley, the filmmaker behind the Oscar-nominated documentary Time, this intimate three-part series takes us inside the life of the titular tennis star, following Osaka over a historic two years in her career. We see her defend her Grand Slam titles, begin to find her voice as an activist, explore her Haitian roots, and face the pressures of life in the public sphere all the while maintaining a hectic training and travel schedule. The series presents an unapologetically honest and vulnerable Osaka as she navigates her identity as a young athlete and leader on the rise. Here's a preview. I think the amount of attention that I get is kind of ridiculous. No one prepares you for that. I don't know. I feel like I'm struggling. She's young. Everyone has an opinion. Her sponsors her family, social media, you want to add in like another million people. Growing up, all I was thinking is like, I I want my mom to like be happy. I want her to stop working. She would work overtime. She would sleep in her car. And for me, that was my whole point of playing tennis. My dad's always been proud of where he comes from. Whenever I'm in hard situations, he's always told me my ancestors were on the ship for like 40 days. Those who saw Time will recognize Bradley's touch in the series' empathetic approach. It is a deeply personal look at one of the most gifted and complex athletes of her generation. You can stream Naomi Osaka on Netflix now.
before we take a quick break, we have one more recommendation for you, courtesy of EW writer and drag race maven Joey Nolfi, who's joining me now. Hey, Joey, how's it going? Hi, Jared. I'm good. How are you? Good, thanks. You know, we usually have you on here to talk about RuPaul's Drag Race, which I'm sure we will again very soon. But It's the only thing I'm good for. No, no, not at all. Uh, <laughs> this is what we have you here for today. A really big, important question. What you watching? I am currently enjoying my comfort blanket cozy cabin show, Virgin River. I'm obsessed with it. You and a lot of other people. This show, I mean, not that it's not on my radar, but convince me and maybe anyone else who is not familiar with the show, what's it about? (laughs) It's really, it doesn't take a lot of convincing. This show is so sweet. It's about everything and nothing happening in this really small Northern California town. It's technically, I guess, sort of about this nurse, Mel, played by Alexandra Breckenridge, who moves to the titular town after a really bad tragic accident with her husband and she starts her life over as the nurse in the local doctor's office they're all surrounded by woods and the titular river and (laughs) she falls for this handsome local bar owner jack i thought you were going to say she falls in the river but she falls for a guy okay no (laughs) no (laughs) it's just so fun this this whole cast of quirky characters throughout the town just play vital roles in Mel's evolution emotionally as she moves on from her uh, dead husband. And it's just, it's just a sweet little show. Now in its third season, it's one of the top trending shows for uh, been a while now since it uh, came out on Netflix. Uh, What do you love about it so much? Why you keep coming back to it? I think it's, I mean, nobody's going to argue that the writing or the direction or, you know, anything on the technical level of this show is superior to anything out out there because it's not. But it is just the closest TV equivalent that you can get to, like, eating a freshly baked, gluten-free, in my case, Mm -hmm. like a cake for your eyes. Mm. I I know that it's just, it's shocking to people given my evil persona and my dark heart, (laughs) but the show is just so sweet. It's really about nothing at all. Like I said, it's just a few coworkers at EW here, like we joke about the show is really only about small town people discovering secrets of other small town people and then apologizing for snooping later and everything (laughs) is fine until the next minor secret is uncovered. But there's just something so relaxing and calming about its glacial pace and you're just surrounded by this gorgeous scenery and this really nice like plucky guitar kind of soundtrack and i compare it to a hallmark christmas movie vibe stretched out over an entire season and i just love to unwind with it it's like you don't have to think about it it's a very good palate cleansing Mm -hmm. just fun easy show to get swept up in but all of that said someone was shot on this show So, I mean, (laughs) yes, but, okay, so somebody getting shot on a different show, like an (laughs) HBO show, like, their head explodes, Uh but somebody getting shot on Virgin River is literally this character who gets shot, is, like, shot in the most non-threatening place ever. It's, like, his lower Mm. stomach to the side where it clearly, like, nobody who was actually trying to hurt somebody would actually get shot, so it's, it's, it's very tame, even though there are some, uh, grim things that happen. It, nothing is ever grim in Virgin River. It's like when people get shot in Virgin River, it's rainbow blood that comes out. It's not red blood. 
<laughs> all right. Okay. All right. You've convinced me. It's a, it's a nice, pleasant watch. And a lot of people love it. And it's very much part of the uh, pop culture conversation right now. So if you also want to be part of that, you can catch up with Virgin River on Netflix. Joey, as always, thank you so much. Thanks, Jared. All right, folks, stay tuned. Our top two picks and soundbite of the week are up next. What to watch will be right back. Hey, everyone, I'm Sid Evans, editor-in-chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce season five of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Welcome back to EW's What to Watch. In case you missed yesterday's episode, the new season of Never Have I Ever just dropped on Netflix, and we're happy to report it is just as clever and witty as the first season. Also, this season has common. The rapper plays a colleague and love interest of Davy's dermatologist mom, Nalini, which Davy isn't too happy about. Her attempt to get her mom to fess up to the romance is our soundbite of the week. How was your day? Did anything interesting happen at work? With anyone interesting? You want to know about my work day? You've never once asked me about that. That can't be true. I'm a total derm nerd, a skinhead. Wait, no, not that. All right, so to be fair, it is hard to express enthusiasm for dermatology. You can check out much more on Never Have I Ever at EW.com, including our latest digital cover story and Around the Table with the cast. And you can stream the new season on Netflix now. Number two. This number two pick demands to be discussed in song but I'm not going to subject you to that. Don't worry. Number two this weekend is Schmigadoon, a new musical comedy series starring Cecily Strong and Keegan-Michael Key. The duo play a couple on a backpacking trip designed to reinvigorate their relationship, and they stumble upon a magical town where everyone seems to be living in a golden age Hollywood musical. How delightful, right? Well, that is until they discover they can't leave until they find true love which apparently might not mean each other. Here's a preview. What's that? Church bells? Schmigadoon? Welcome to our little town Where friends are all you meet Must be something they do for tourists. Hey, everyone! Hey there, Pete! Woo! Can we go now? Already? What? We can't leave. It's like magic. We're in an actual musical. Please, God, no. Everybody! They said we're only here till we found true love. Do you think this is true love? What does that even mean? Who knows what Schmigadoon thinks is true love? Which of you ladies wants to cross this bridge with me? You want to try with other people? 
Talk about experimental couples therapy. Schmigadoon features all kinds of Easter eggs and references for musical geeks, but it's not strictly for that audience. Here's EW's Maureen Lee Linker on our What to Watch video series, explaining how the show plays to both musical fans and musical skeptics. Well, it's definitely a show that was created for musical theater lovers. I mean, there's some deep, deep cuts in terms of references in there. Uh, It's really living and existing in this golden age of musicals. And if you know things like Oklahoma, South Pacific, Carousel, that whole sort of world, that's very much what it's drawing upon. People who love that stuff and are looking for something that engages with it directly, it will definitely scratch that itch. That being said... uh, Cecily Strong and Keegan-Michael Key's characters, like their their whole thing is they're these fish out of water. Uh, mm-hmm. Cecily Strong's character, Melissa, is, she's a musical theater lover. So she's the one kind of being like, oh, this is just like yeah. this. And oh, this this is the dream ballet. This is what's yeah. happening now. Whereas, and smitten Ke- with Aaron Tveit's character. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and uh, Keegan-Michael Key's character, Josh, is very much like, musicals are stupid. I hate this. Why are people breaking out into mm-hmm. song? So I feel like... <laughs> Because they are these fish out of water, it is designed to sort of bring you in and give you a lens through which you can relate to it if you are not a huge musical theater person. But of course, it does help. The show's cast also includes Broadway veterans, including Alan Cumming, Kristen Chenoweth, and Aaron Tveit. Trust us when we tell you they bring the vocal chops. The first two episodes of Schmigadoon are currently streaming on Apple TV+. And now time to power up our number one pick, Power Book 3, Raising Canaan. The expanding star's power franchise heads back to 1991 for its latest entry, exploring the origins of Ghost and Tommy's mentor, partner, and adversary, Kanan Stark. The series traces how a good-hearted 15-year-old son of a drug queenpin became the cold-blooded villain fans know and love, in an epic story of betrayal, secrets, family, and crime. Here's a preview. Ma, I want to help you. Get me started in the business. These streets don't play, Kanan. That's what I keep trying to tell you. But you don't want to hear me, though. Come on, man. This is my story. This is the South Side to make a queen story. Don't call it a comeback. You said you was going to get me involved. You pull that trigger, you in it. You can't afford the war right now, Rock. I ain't getting on my knees, Nick. Not for you, a no man. That right there is Patina Miller as Kanan's mom, Raquel Rock Thomas. And their relationship is really the heart and soul of the show. Here's EW's Derek Lawrence, also from our latest What to Watch video, to explain how raising Kanan brings a new dynamic to the Powerverse. Power was much more extended past just the core St. Patrick group, where this one, like, mm-hmm. the main characters essentially are all in Kanan's family. So, yeah, I guess it's even heavier family-wise, but the criminal underworld stuff is going to be there. Like, it's power. I would say mm-hmm. the thing with the criminal part of this show, like, it's just fully out there. There's no, like, hiding. And they are actually on the streets, you know what I mean? Like, we're as much more mm-hmm. um, kind of higher level of society that um, that maybe the first two shows were operating under. So I, I think in that part of it, it also explores kind of a new element of the criminal underworld. 
Be sure to check out that full video on EW.com or People TV for more on Raising Canaan, Schmigadoon, and the new season of Never Have I Ever. And catch the premiere of Raising Canaan Sunday at 8 on Stars. And finally this weekend, the answer to our trivia question. What was the first instrument Paul McCartney ever learned to play? The drums, the trumpet, or the oboe? Don't toot your own horn if you got this right. The answer is the trumpet. McCartney received a trumpet from his dad as a birthday present, but later traded it for a guitar because he wanted to be able to sing while playing. That's our show for this weekend. We'll have more news and must-see picks for you on Monday, so be sure to follow or subscribe to What to Watch so you don't miss our daily recommendations, more of which can be found at EW.com. I'm Senior TV Editor Jared Hall. You can find us on Twitter at EW and at Jared Hall. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great weekend. What to Watch. What to Watch is written by Tyler Aquilina, edited and produced by Joshua Heller, produced and hosted by Jared Hall, and executive produced by Shana Naomi Krokmal and Carly Usden.